Leaning Toward Wisdom. Thursday, May 26th, 2022. Your ideal outcome. It's okay if you change your mind. Chinese proverb that says the wise adapt themselves to circumstances as water molds itself to the pitcher. Welcome inside the yellow studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. Things change. Sometimes they change quickly. Get a phone call in the middle of the night. That's never good. Dream jobs don't tend to be offered at 3 a.m. And I haven't heard of it. A sweepstakes winner being awakened by a knock on the door at 3 a.m. Suddenly your life is different. How different? Well, that depends on the news at the other end of the phone or the knock on the door. There was, however, a pre-phone call ideal outcome. Before the phone call, there were some dreams or aspirations, activities, decisions. Now there's post-phone call outcome. Well, that ideal outcome is likely very different. Those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. George Bernard Shaw. We can change our mind about a lot of things, and maybe there's some people that have a difficult time changing their minds about some things, but when it comes to your ideal outcome, when it comes to the thing that you most want, all of us, all of us can change our minds with regard to those kinds of things. Now, aside from the knock on the door, the sudden changes, those grab you by the lapels and shake you, those gut punches that drop us to our knees, those sudden things, there are other things that may not be nearly as dramatic, may not be nearly as devastating, and certainly may not be nearly as fast. But still, they can prompt a change in direction, a change in motivation, a change in our ideal outcome. This isn't about necessarily the impetus or the stimuli that might provoke the change, because that can come from any number of directions and it can happen quickly. It can happen subtly, slowly, but it still can result in a change in direction, a change in mind, a change in motivation, a change in our ideal outcome. You ever wanted something so badly it consumed you? I mean, you just, you couldn't hardly think of anything else. You planned, you strategized, you committed yourself to this thing to figure this thing out. And then something changed a circumstance some new situation, new challenge, new opportunity. It could be, it just could be, well, you achieved it. I'm thinking of Buzz Aldrin. I was young enough. I was 11 years old when we landed men on the moon. Among them, an astronaut named Buzz Aldrin. Word had it that young Buzz grew up looking up at the sky, looking up at the moon and always wanted to go there. And that was the dream. That was the ideal outcome. Now that could seem 
fantastical to young Buzz. But lo and behold, there he was, walking on the moon. What do you do after you've walked on the moon? What do you do when your whole ideal outcome for your life was to walk on the moon? And you have. And you come back. Well, still young Buzz, but not young kid Buzz. You've walked on the moon. You've done it. Alcohol becomes your friend because, well, what do you do to trump that? How do you best that? How do you come up with an ideal outcome that's better than that? You sometimes see it in professional athletes, particularly high-profile professional athletes. No, they're not all high-profile. There are a lot. There are dozens and dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, perhaps thousands of professional athletes that the majority of us, we wouldn't know them if we passed them on the street. But then there are those that are in that rarefied air, those that are have really reached celebrity status, and all of a sudden... The platform, your identity, it's gone. Now what do you do? There have been some really historical precedent set for people who navigated that well, most notably Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer has some professional friends and really paved the way when it came to celebrity pro-athlete endorsements. I mean, Arnie did it as well as anybody no arnie didn't come along during the early days of nike to get the michael jordan kind of money but come on he did he did well for himself i don't think there's much doubt that arnie made more money post pga tour player than he ever made while on the tour spokesman for a variety of things I mean, he, Arnie was everywhere. He was everywhere. And there's no doubt he involved himself in dozens of likely successful business enterprises after his playing days were over. It's, it was a great business model. Most don't pull that off. You are seeing modern athletes, thanks to internet and social media, beginning to leverage their celebrity. I mean, come on, we're now seeing it in college athletes with name, image, and likeness, NIL deals. So you now got some pretty random D1 football players, particularly who are able to leverage it with a local car dealer or somebody in, in the market where that college it resides, and they're able to, they're able to leverage it to some degree. My point is though, that once the playing days are over, the ideal outcome is to get to the league. The ideal outcome is to be the pro, but now you're a young person still likely in your thirties. Okay. Some in their forties, still young, still a lot of life ahead. And now what are you going to do? It's difficult. And then there are the Roger Starbucks here in Dallas, Texas, and Roger gets involved in commercial real estate while he is still playing. And I don't think there's any question. The man made way more money with commercial real estate than he ever made playing football, but he leveraged his celebrity into that. And then eventually some years ago sold his real estate practice. And that was after he had made no doubt millions of dollars. 
So for Roger, there was life after football. Now, listen, I'm not saying there's not life after football. I'm not saying there's not life after being an astronaut. There, there is life after it. The question is, what are you going to make of it? The question is, if the ideal outcome has been achieved, now what? And if the ideal outcome has not been achieved, now what? And if the ideal outcome has changed, now what? We do sometimes change our mind. And changing our mind can result in a change in direction, a change in our motivation, and a change in what we most would like to have happen, ideal outcome. Sometimes our passion is diminished. Sometimes the passion for pursuit of some ideal outcome is weakened. It may even evaporate. And sometimes it may be because, well, now you have a new ideal outcome. You changed your mind. You adjusted. You adapted. There's new information. There's a new situation. There's a new circumstance. There's a new person. Something prompted us to see things differently. Jack Welsh would admonish his lieutenants, change before you have to. Smart advice, wise advice. You ever had a dream die? Sure. You ever had a dream change? Sure. New dreams are born. Some dreams fall off and die. Some dreams, they morph, they change, they take on a new direction. What do you most want when it comes to an outcome? That is your ideal outcome. What do you most want to have happen with this outcome? And now ask yourself why. Are you alone in this or does your ideal outcome involve or include somebody else? This is really important. Now, I completely understand that there are people who are lone, the, the, not the proverbial lone wolf. There are literal lone wolves in the world. I'm talking about humans. I'm not supposing that anybody listening to the podcast is living the Unabomber life and they've been holed up in a mountainside shack for 20 years writing some manifesto. I could be, I guess, but highly unlikely. I've been married to the love of my life for over 44 years. We have been a couple since we were 18 years old. Been married 44 and a half of those years. Uh, I've definitely, I, I am tethered. I have this partner in life. I have somebody else that I absolutely not only must consider, but that I positively should include and should consider. So when I think about my ideal outcome, can I separate myself from this other human who is critically important to me? No, I can't. Well, I mean, I could, but I won't. So when we think about our ideal outcome, yes, it is our ideal outcome, but we have to realize that there are the people involved directly or indirectly in our life. And you can't sit there like the celebrity pro athlete and say, well, I don't want to be a role model. Well, too bad you are. Well, I didn't ask to be, well, again, too bad you, you are, you have an influence. People are watching. Well, okay. Should we live our lives for these people? I'm not saying that I know. And you know that the world is filled with people who love nothing more than harsh judgment. You pull into the driveway and you have your, your new Toyota Highlander. And he comes over and he wonders, well, why didn't you buy this or that or the other? How come you bought that? I wouldn't have bought that. Well, I learned a long time ago, unless that cat's writing me a check to buy what he wants me to buy, then he just needs to take a leap. I mean, there's the door. See ya. 
And what do you care? What difference does it make? You ever, you ever fascinated by these people that are so opinionated about everything under the sun and they castigate anybody and everybody in their wake. They second guess everybody and anybody and critical judgment, harsh judgment, and it has zero impact on their life, but they just can't help themselves, but tell you how much smarter they are than you and how you're stupid compared to them. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have bought a Toyota. I'd have bought a Honda. Well, then buy your Honda. But how is my having bought a Toyota going to negatively impact your life? It doesn't. So when I talk about us being not being alone and us having influence, I am not talking about that kind of circumstance or a situation. Okay. So let's just get that out of the way. Age, experience, insight, wisdom, these are things that matter. However, their counterparts, those matter as well. Youth and experience, lack of insight, foolishness. Yep, they all matter. And another little bit of housekeeping here that I think is, is something that we have to keep in mind with this conversation is when we're talking about the ideal outcome, we could certainly be self-absorbed and narcissistic and destructive and well, my ideal outcome, there are people right now, their ideal outcome is to get high. Their ideal outcome is to get drunk. Their ideal outcome is to involve themselves in any number of illicit, immoral, sinful behaviors. Cause it's what they want. I mean, they just want to serve themselves. They don't care about anybody else. No, we're not talking about that either. Ideal outcomes, the way that I'm using this the way that I always use it is better. It's better. It's growth. It's improvement. It's getting better. It's not getting worse. It's not fulfilling every desire that we may have, even though it isn't best for us. And it certainly isn't best for our influence in the lives of other people. Nor am I talking about us completely just devoting ourselves to yeah, whatever anybody else wants me to do, that's what I'm going to do. So if my harsh judgmental quote unquote friend comes over and is lambasting me because I bought a Toyota and he thinks I should have bought a Honda. Well, okay. I'm going to take the Toyota back and I'm going to get a Honda. I'll get a Honda to make him happy. No, that's idiocy. We don't want to be, we're not practicing. We're not leaning toward idiocy. We're leaning toward wisdom. However, we're leaning toward wisdom means that we're leaning toward doing the right thing. We're leaning toward doing the correct thing, living a life where our moral compass is not completely shot. Hopefully where we're leaning toward righteousness, trying to be better humans. Ideal outcomes are personal. They're always personal. Johnny Depp's ideal outcome would be to have this massive multi-million dollar judgment against Amber Heard and I guess try to repair his reputation. Miss Heard's ideal outcome would be to well the same thing. It would be to have a massive multi-million dollar judgment against Johnny Depp and to have her reputation intact, whatever that reputation is. One or both are going to be horribly disappointed. Maybe just maybe one of them will do this celebration dance when the whole thing is over. 
but it's possible you do know this it's possible that both could leave the courthouse slumped shouldered and weeping or screaming which is probably more their habit so it would seem based on testimony ideal outcomes ideal outcomes they can be influenced by life circumstances professionally i have pursued and i have sought a number of outcomes that actually happened and i have also personally pursued and sought many that did not and in retrospect some of the failures they served me very well because the circumstances changed dramatically in some cases i mean suppose that your ideal outcome is an egg sunny side up but the shell never breaks and the egg is in boiling water. Okay. Well, bad news for you. You won't be eating a sunny side up egg. You're going to have a hard boiled egg. Yeah, okay. You might want to convert that hard boiled egg into a deviled egg, but it most certainly is not going to be what was originally your ideal outcome of a sunny side up egg. And you might, you just might find that to your advantage. Could you tell me about a time? I bet you, you could tell me about more than one time where that happened to you, where the thing that you most wanted to happen did not happen, but something else did. And the something else that did happen played to your favor. In fact, probably played to your favor more than had you gotten what you were first seeking. It's happened to me. I never wanted to be in business. I wanted to write. I wanted to speak. I wanted to communicate stories. I wanted to be creative, but I fell in love with music. I fell in love with records and I fell in love with that method of storytelling. If you please. Oh, sure. I love the tunes. I love the beat, but I fell in love with the lyrics. Now, some kids, they grabbed the guitars. They sat at pianos. They sat at drum sets. Their ideal outcome was to learn to play the music. Well, my ideal outcome was very different. I wanted to play the music, but I wanted to play the records. That urge to play an instrument, it never dawned on me. Okay, it did in a, in a wishful thinking kind of a way. In a way where I might say, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could play the guitar reasonably well? Well, I still say that to myself. Wouldn't it be great? Yes, it would be great. Here's what I don't do. I don't pursue it. I don't give any time to it. It's a passing thought, but listening to music, I devote myself hours, hours of listening to music still. So as a young person, as a kid, as a teenager, I mostly wanted to listen to music. My passion was enjoying the performance of other people. These musicians that I loved their work. My passion for listening to music led me to walk in stone cold to a local hi-fi store and ask for a job selling stereo gear, something I had never done before. Seemed like a good idea at the time because I knew a lot about music. I knew a lot about stereo gear, even though I didn't own any of the good stuff. I loved music. I loved the equipment that would faithfully play my records. And it was something that I loved and I loved, I loved, I loved. And I was a teenager. I never intended that for, <laughs> this is going to be your career. No, it ended up becoming my career, but I didn't plan it that way. 
And some ideal outcomes are like that. They happen even though we didn't plan on it. They happen even even though it wasn't stated, it wasn't strategic, it wasn't, I know, I know. We all want the world to think that we have outlined our life, we have planned our life, and man alive has it gone according to plan. Well, I hope yours has. Mine has not. And quite frankly, I think I'm the better for it. Cause I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm qualified to plan it all so well, you know, I do often wonder what life might've been like if I would have made different choices. So by the time I get into journalism school, I'm wishing, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, be it, it, I tell you what it was like. It's like wishing that I could play the guitar reasonably well. This is, it, it had that kind of a, it was that kind of an ideal outcome. I wasn't pursuing it. It was just a, a thought. It was kind of it was kind of wouldn't it be cool if wouldn't it be cool if I could stay on a college campus and teach some aspect of journalism? Well, wouldn't that be pretty cool? And I thought, yeah, I could see myself doing that. Now, for a variety of reasons, life circumstances, a whole lot of other things, including priorities, I just knew that was not going to be possible. I just dreamed about it every now and again. But I continued to go to class and I continued to work at the stereo shop. Sometimes a degree of success determines the outcome, whether it's ideal or not. Well, that might remain to be seen. I was pretty good at selling stereo gear right out of the gate. I was succeeding. I was personable. I was truthful. I was honest. And I knew the gear really well. And I knew music really well. The job was straight commission, which meant if I sold something, I made something. If I sold nothing, I made nothing. Well, I consistently did well. I mean, if you're going to do something, you ought to at least try to do it well. But doing it well, well, that meant staying in it. Had I not been good at it, had I not been some degree of success at it, I would have certainly been fired or I would have opted out. I would have quit. I would have moved on to something else. And sometimes I do wonder, well, what might that something other have been? What might have happened if I had been bad, really bad at selling stereo gear and they fired me? Or I'm like, I can't do this. What might have been next? We'll never know. (laughs) We will never know. I do sometimes wonder, not a lot, but occasionally, what might have been What might have been, you ever think that the older you get, you probably do. It doesn't speak to regret. It just, for me, it doesn't, for me, it just speaks to curiosity. It just speaks to, you kind of wonder. Now it's a question that I would suspect we all ask ourselves sometimes, but there's an elephant in the room and here it is. When it comes to what might have been, in terms of this ideal outcome, well, that's exactly how we think about it. Ideally, specifically about pursuing an ideal outcome, considering what we might think our ideal outcome could have been, would have been in our minds. It is always ideal. It always works out perfectly. It is successful. I could sit around and I could daydream about being a tenured professor in some journalism school and I could, I could imagine that life. I don't imagine it in any terms other than success. 
whatever you're thinking could have been an ideal outcome for you. You're not thinking about it in terms of a failure. You're thinking about it in terms of a success. I could have been fired as a young stereo salesman because I wasn't any good at it. And I could have pursued trying to get on the faculty of a journalism school only to be stuck teaching a bunch of eighth graders somewhere. Well, that wasn't what I had in mind. Not my ideal outcome, not my dream idea, but it could have turned out that way. Failure is always a possibility. Some might argue, I might even argue a probability. Nothing wrong with teaching eighth graders, by the way. But if you want to be a tenured professor at a major university in their journalism school, no, no, it ain't the same. But in our head, we don't think about the prospect of the ideal outcome being anything other than ideal. And so that what might have been, that what might have been, we think about it in the very best terms possible. The reality is you don't know. You only know about the decisions you did make because those are the ones that have been realized right, wrong, or indifferent. But this also does speak, I think, to why ideal outcomes can and should change. We have to have enough self-awareness to know as best we can. Magnum Force, was that the very first Dirty Harry movie? I think it was. The character's name was Harry Callahan, a.k.a. Dirty Harry, and I think we first saw him in Magnum Force. And it was at the end of that movie where he uttered that famous line, a man's got to know his limitations. I'll find a clip. It's got to be somewhere online. I'll embed a clip, a video clip of, I just remember it. You know, he looks into the camera and he's like, man's got to know his limitations. And we do, we have to know our limit. I think at this age, I feel like I'm intimately acquainted with my, my limitations. Now it's a, it's a hard, hard job. And it takes a lot of dedication because the older you get, the more you realize, well, you know, Hey, I've got way more limitations than I thought I had. <laughs> you know, I thought I had so many 20 years ago and now I've, I've got like, I got way more and you sit there and you analyze your life and you're thinking, I don't think I necessarily developed these over the course of the last 20 years, but I now see them. How could I not see these before? <laughs> and there are others that frankly, I honestly, I'm just not sure about at all. I do know this. I know that some exist in our heads. They may not be real at all. In fact, they're not real at all, but they might as well be because we think they are. And we can often take that false view. Well, what I don't know won't hurt me, right? No, it's what you don't know that will absolutely kill you. So it's pretty important. It's urgent that we get our ideal outcome as right as possible. Not because achieving it is the thing, but because pursuing it, pursuing it is the thing. And again, what we're thinking about is we're thinking about the quest to get better, the pursuit of improvement, to make ourselves better, to improve our situation, to put ourselves in a better position, a better place, to be somewhere better, to be someone better. Come on, it's Leaning Toward Wisdom. It's the name of the podcast. It's Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. And we need to keep on pursuing this and pursuing this and pursuing this. Well, what are we pursuing? Well, it can change. It can change. Some of the things that I most wanted to happen many years ago aren't things I'm, I'm not even thinking about those things now. Maybe I achieved them. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I let them go and I moved on. 
And as I hit the record button today, there's some things that have changed in the last couple of weeks. Why? They just have a confluence of all kinds of things, all kinds of stimulus has entered my, my sphere of thinking and provoked some change. I'm not saying I'm where you're at in life because I may not be. And even if, even if we are kind of in similar places, my situation is going to be different. The people are different. There was an article that I read, uh, it was some days ago. It was about, it was about older people who had opted in their youth to not have kids. And I'm not judging that a lot of people make that decision. And for a lot of people, quite frankly, it's the absolute right decision to make. So no judgment. And that wasn't the point of the article. The point of the article was as, as these Americans, which that was the topic of the article, aging couples in America who chose to not have kids. And as they get older versus those parents who are growing older. And as they get to a certain point, guess what they do? Well, they move closer to where the kids are, or at least one of the kids because they find themselves needing a little bit of help. And the article was questioning and taking an examination of well, what are these, these people who don't have kids, what do they do? What do they do now? As a parent, I could sit there and I could look at that with some degree of sadness. It's not quite how it hit me. It was just, it was a curious thing to me. It was this quest to improve their situation, their circumstance. And I just looked at it as the resources that we all have, the resources that we marshal the, the resources that we have in our life that we take advantage of the others that we may not have, but we go seek and we try to find them. We try to acquire these things to help us in this pursuit, in this pursuit of our ideal outcome. I don't know about you, but there's an awful lot of things that I think of when I think about my own personal ideal outcomes that I may not have today. I may not have the wherewithal, but it's like, okay, well, what do I lack? What am I missing here? And can I go get that? Can I acquire that? It may be that I need to acquire some knowledge about something. It may be that I need to improve how I understand something. It may be that I need money. It may be that I need more time. It may be that I need to find somebody else who's got some expertise that I don't have. It could be any number of resources that I might need in order to achieve this ideal outcome. I don't know what that would be for you. I mean, I'm struggling to figure out what that would be for me. I know this. I know that I have a partner in this, my wife. And I know that, you know, when we think about our ideal outcome, it's just super easy. As I said at the outset for us to be really self-focused because we know what we want and we know why we want it. Now, again, let me reiterate assuming that we, we want, we want something that's good for us, good for anybody in our sphere. We want to improve our situation. We want to better ourselves. And in pursuit of that, yeah, we're thinking from our perspective, but what if there's this person in our life or these other people in our life that are infinitely important and it's not quite what they want. 
Well, it's different when you're married because, well, you're in it together. If your marriage is good, and I hope it is, you're in it together. So you're, you're joined at the hip. You, you, can't, you really can't go pursuing something without the other. Well, you could, but you're going to risk your marriage. For me, not worth that. Just no way not worth that. You know, it's easy when you're both on the same page. It's easy when what I want is what she wants. So let's deal with something that's really innocuous. Really easy if I'm craving Mexican food and she is too. But what if she's craving Mexican food and I'm absolutely not craving it at all? Or what if she's craving that and I really would prefer something else? Well, now you got a choice to make. You can have the conversation. You can try to negotiate. You can acquiesce. You can just say Mexican food would be fine. You could do any number of things. You could fight if you wanted to. You could get hateful and ugly. No, that ain't a good option. Don't do that. That's leaning toward foolishness. Really self-centered narcissism as well. So don't do that. But what about other things? What about something that I might, I might really, really want? And she doesn't so much want that. Well, I can only speak for myself and I'm not speaking, trying to appear noble because trust me, I'm not, I'm not noble. I'm trying to be more noble, but I'm not going to sit here and declare to you that I am noble. But for me, that dampens the whole ideal outcome notion. The things that I know are important to her. Those are most important to me. Why? Because I'm, I'm that selfless. No, because I'm that much in love because that's how much I respect and honor and adore her. And it's important to me. True confession. That's not hard for me. That's really not hard for me. I'm not saying that I don't resist it. I'm not saying that I don't sometimes put up a bit of a fuss and a fight, but at the end of the day, it's not a hard decision. When I stop in a quiet moment and I think about what's at stake here, I think about another human being who I've spent all of these years with, and I think about her happiness. I'm like, you know, it's a gift. It's a gift to be able to pursue an ideal outcome that includes her. And I will tell you this for the majority of our lives, the vast majority of our lives and the vast majority of anything and everything that we've pursued, we want the same thing. We just want the same thing, but it's something to think about to improve your situation, to put yourself in a better position in a better place to be somewhere better, to be somebody better. It very well may involve you changing your mind. An anonymous person wrote when something goes wrong in your life, just yell plot twist and move on. I hope you're not going it alone. Whether it's friends, whether it's family. 
People matter. Larry Lace will, was a head assistant coach for Barry Switzer at the University of Oklahoma for a period of time. These were two Arkansas boys who grew up about 40 miles apart and saw one another at track meets and football games. They'd been friends since they were kids. They'd had ups, they'd had downs. Barry was scheduled to fly to Hot Springs, Arkansas to visit his friend who was not doing so well. He was scheduled to fly out Wednesday when he got the phone call. Larry Lacewell, 85. He had passed on. We've got friends. We've got relationships. We've got these people who matter. These two men had pursued an ideal outcome in football. And boy, had they achieved a lot. And no doubt the ideal outcomes for both men had changed who knows how many times over the course of their lives. Barry's still making changes, I'm sure. It's okay to change your mind. Improve your situation. Become a better person. LeaningTowardWisdom.com is the website. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome. Inside the Yellow Studio. Studio.